Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman, and we are um, we we got some some angry comments last week again. Someone said three podcasts and all they talk about is Resident Evil. We fucking get it. You know what? I'm sorry, but <laughs> but this is totally gonna be like the Resident Evil fan cast for like a week. Okay, we've got Matt Visual in here, Jimmy Belikoff, and Jordan underneath is with us this time, which is really fortunate because he's back after five months of inactivity with the new uh. A new video about spooky games, and a lot of spooky games are coming out these days. I just finished playing two excellent spooky games, one of which, like I said, is is Resident Evil. And and I mean, maybe maybe we should try to move through this fast, because because you know all we talk about every week is Resident Evil, but yeah, it's yeah. so good. The the the, <laughs> the remaster of the remake of Resident Evil, <laughs> it, it's so good. Like I just I I spent literally two days playing through mm-hmm. the Jill campaign. Like I did nothing else in my free time except play remake remake. And I was, I was having a blast. Like it's a, it's, it's aged incredibly well, partly mm-hmm. because like there isn't that much else like it around right now. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's classic survival horror with like pre-rendered backgrounds and tank controls. And nowadays survival horror always has like a fully controllable camera and, yeah. and 3d environments. And it's just, it's a very, surprisingly unique perspective maybe not as been unique back then but now it's it's still novel yeah yeah and, and it's also just like paced so so well like oh god the design of this mansion is is absolutely ingenious like you move from you one know, cool you know, it's sub- funny what's what's that what's that it's 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 all i've been playing too mm-hmm. but like there is not a single game that i've played more times in my life than the resi remake <laughs> So it's not like I can't even get ecstatic about it because I know it like the back of my hand and I'm just playing through it to get footage. But I'm like, it's so pretty. It is. Well, I hate to like burst my excitement here, but the the remaster, I was I was kind of expecting the backgrounds to be like these crisp, beautiful HD 1080p rendered backgrounds and uh and they're really not. Like, the game has a widescreen mode you can turn on <laughs> where mm. the backgrounds are still rendered to, to be viewed in, in the screen proportions of a 4x3 display. So when you turn on widescreen mode, what it does is just zooms in a rectangle cropped image closer onto your character, cutting oh. off the top and the bottom of the background, meaning that, like... It is an objectively inferior mode. <laughs> wow, that's stupid. And the backgrounds themselves, uh, Jordan, have you been noticing this? Where where you'll move from one screen to another, and all of a sudden the background will look like way fuzzier, way more compressed, and way sometimes yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing that actually bothered me visually, like I think they're fine, but um, it's like the cutscenes, like you know the intro where the zombie just wakes up and then you shoot him in the head. Mm-hmm. It's it looks like GameCube like it's so blurry compared yeah. to everything else. And like I know the, they couldn't really cuz like we were talking about this last time if they had remade the cutscenes, they wouldn't be as good. Like those are classic <clears throat> creepy looking cutscenes. I don't know if they would have done it as well. Like they're clearly upscaled. You can you can very clearly see the um the the stretching and the compression going on, but it's like <laughs> I can't wait to show show this in the video. The music room. When you first walk into the music room with the creepy piano, it looks gorgeous. It looks fine. It, it is in 4x3 mode, of course. But then you walk to the other side of the music room, 
and suddenly the background changes into something incredibly blurry with like what looks like the Photoshop sharpen filter applied. And what I suspect happened is that they didn't necessarily... Oh god, you even see this in like background and foreground elements, like a striking difference in quality between some background and foreground objects and some backgrounds from one side of a room to another. But it seems like what they had on hand were not the actual original map data for them to re-render this thing in, in high resolution in 2014, but rather that they had some some higher resolution backgrounds still lying around. Like like that's the four by three ratio that makes me wonder that like they didn't actually make a new extra chunk of, of 3d walls to fill in the space of the, um, of your widescreen display. They, they just kind of have the same exact background from the GameCube version, just sharper and crisper, but not quite sharp enough to fill in all the space of a 1080p monitor. So but it's still, it's still great. Being someone who like knows the games way too well, I was actually kind of surprised by a few of the things they changed. Like, I used to that first zombie. Once you leave mm-hmm. and come back to that hall, he's standing in this spot, and I used to like stand at the end of the hall and just stand there and wait because eventually the lightning will flash and it'll illuminate him, and it's like the creepiest looking thing ever. And he used oh, to scare yeah. me as a kid, so I would walk. And yeah, I would do that. But the um, lighting they, in that game looks so good. <laughs> they changed it. Like they changed. Uh, I guess to be more realistic because the window is so far away the lightning wouldn't actually reach him so in the new one that doesn't actually happen like it just flashes on the living room area where the dead body is little things like that like i shouldn't notice these things but i do Mm, i'm just surprised but are are you enjoying it though yes because i'm I'm i was having the time of my life with it and oh, yeah. what I'm what I'm gonna do for an upcoming video is also play Chris's campaign in the GameCube version on on my monitor <laughs> through a capture card, which is gonna look really really terrible. And then I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play about half of it like that, and then the other half out on natural CRT monitor, and like do a comparison to like see how how these backgrounds look on each display. It looks and immensely also better on on the on which display in which game well i it's kind of funny because i actually like a month ago went through the gamecube version as chris i think and i recorded it and i was comparing them the other night while playing the remake remake and it looks so much better like i don't know if that's just because well the game cards are shitty one or but the remake remake i was comparing the gamecube with the remake remake yeah. i already had footage from and, and which one won GameCube. well the remake remake looks so okay. much prettier yeah, um, and, it's but I think different. like the best way to do it is to play the remake remake on a shitty old HD TV, <laughs> <laughs> like because that's what I have in my living room. And I I went to Steam in home streaming and put it out there for a little while, and I was having like. It, it was like playing the GameCube version. Every single camera angle, I just could not believe how good this game looked. Whereas yeah. if I played it on on my my monitor in like my office right up in front of it, I was able to see a lot more um, fishy JPEG stretchiness going on. It makes me wonder if I were to emulate it on like Dolphin mm, and then compare I'm gonna do it that. with the uh... yeah. I am actually going to do that. You should. You should include that in your video, actually. Like, I, I, I am. I'm going to do a side-by-side comparison of the GameCube backgrounds with the Remake Remake backgrounds. And from what I've seen on YouTube, it does look a hell of a lot sharper on Remake Remake. It's just, I don't know if it really is a true HD remaster. But whatever it is, is fine. Because I still had the time of my life. 
I, I loved me. I love me some remake as long as it's remake. <laughs> but anyways, we got that out of our system. So so we can move on to other games now that now that we've gone <laughs> three podcasts, now four podcasts, and, and all we're talking about is Resident Evil. What have we been playing other than Resident Evil, guys? Uh well, I have been uh trying to catch up on my my Pokemon game that's been out for four months now. Mm-hmm. Trying to just get myself motivated to beat that because I know I'm not going to play it again as soon as tomorrow hits and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate is out. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's gonna <coughs> that's gonna be my life is what it's gonna be. Oh, I'm so I'm so afraid of that. I really want to play Monster Hunter, but I don't know if I want my life to become Monster Hunter, and that's the kind of game <laughs> where where you do have to commit your life to it. Yeah, you really do. You really have to put a lot of time into it. But uh, the fact that the 3DS version, the fact that there's only a 3DS version and that it has online play now is going to be a lot better because in the uh, the previous one, in 3 Ultimate, you can only do uh, online with the Wii U version and it was local for the 3DS. But now that I can do online with the uh, 3DS version, it's going to be pretty tight. Um, I'm really excited to uh, to be hunting with all my friends. Hunting monsters. Yep. Well, okay. What about what about the small screen though? Is that a deterrent for a extremely long lasting commitment like Monster Hunter? Uh, not for me. I know it is for some people, but um, I've never had a problem with staring at a uh, handheld screen for a while. Oh. Um, you're talking about the 3D XL, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Are you planning on getting the new 3DS? Well, I'm. I, I was hoping that wasn't going to come up because I was just <laughs> checking through my email just now. Literally, as we were, as you guys were talking about Resident Evil, I was going through my uh, my email. Um, I currently can't find the email. I think it might be in my trash folder. For some reason, uh, it says inbox. Yeah. BestBuy.com. We're sorry. There's been an issue with your Nintendo 3DS XL Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask Edition Gold Black pre-order. Wow. Because we pre-ordered more than we fucking had, so we canceled yours. So thanks, dude. Nintendo underproduced again. It wasn't that. It was fucking Best Buy over (laughs) pre-sold. They just sold more than they actually had, and so they're like, I guess we'll give you your money back. Well, I mean, like, that's still... If they had more made by Nintendo on their hands, then they wouldn't wouldn't be a problem. Over pre-ordered. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a theme I'm noticing. Yeah. Well, okay, it's I still wouldn't put that on Nintendo. I'm totally putting that on Best Buy for selling more than they own than they exist. It'd be like, oh, well, we only made 40 cakes, but we'll sell uh, we'll sell 100 of them. Oh shit, we only have 40 cakes. Like, yeah, no shit, you have 40 cakes. And that's terrible. Yeah, mm, so I'm, I'm pretty angry right now because I was really looking forward to the 19th when that was going to ship out to me, and now I'm just not going to have it. It's, it's they okay. Did, you can, oh, they you did can lovingly play. offer. Oops. They did lovingly offer me $50 off of the either black or red 3DS XL, which I guess I'm just going to have to go with, right? Oh, yeah, you have to. $50 off. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a few dollars. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally not going to replace the, the feeling, the hole in your heart for Majora's Mask, but, you know. Well, like, the only reason I got the Majora's Mask one was because, like, I have the uh, Link Between Worlds Special Edition 3DS, Ooh. and that was a gift from my wife. And so I was like, well, I'm not giving this shit up unless there's, a, a like, a viable replacement for it, you know, down the line. And then they release a, a gold version of the XL 
with like my favorite game plastered all over it, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess, but um, but yeah, I guess not. Actually, I guess not. I guess not. Yeah. Well, that is that is the way the cookie crumbles. I guess you just didn't <laughs> pre-order it pre enough. Yeah. If you're, I wasn't the priest. You, you got to be more prior. <laughs> priest. Yeah. The, the priest. The priest. You got to drive a Prius. Yeah. So you can be yeah. your priest. Yep. Matt, what have you been up to? Um, t- t- tons of stuff. Um, other than dabbling in in MMOs, um, I've been playing the darkest dungeon. Dabbling in MMOs. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Matt Wh- which MMO, in MMOs? Matt? What <laughs> is what, that? What MMO in particular? Well, nothing in particular, but Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, you, okay. guys, you guys have heard of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it screenshots really interestingly. It, it, yeah. Every screenshot, it looks like a a crowded heavy metal concert, kind of. It, it, it's it's interesting. I don't know if it's really been done before. I haven't played something like this before, but the first thing you kind of notice is the voice actor for it. He has like this thick accent. He's like, the, the darkest dungeon. We will find our redemption. And it's just, <laughs> just great. I was just, you just want to listen to him talk all the time. And it, it's an interesting game. You play as, uh, I guess, four characters, um, and they will die. Um, when you go into these dungeons, like they just die. Okay, that's just something that will happen to you. It's not one of those games like, oh, it's hard, but you know, if you're pro, you can get through this. No, no, no. You know, some of your characters will die in the beginning because it's very unforgiving. You go in there, you pick the four that you want to go with. Um, uh, it, it comes out randomly from the from the end. So if a guy dies, you can always go to like this inn and find more characters to replace the the people who die but if you keep them alive they will level up they get more skills you can swap them around and the skills work differently for each character so you will have uh once you go inside the dungeon you pick your four characters where they're placed on the four slots on the screen is where they can attack from so uh uh for instance a slash will only work in the two front slots and hit the first two front enemies in their four uh slots So So, so you put like buffs in back and tanks in front. Yeah, and and a lot of the some of the buffs are better in the middle. Some buffs are better in the back. Some. Oh, that's weird. It's really weird and very cool. Um, So you have to prioritize, you know, who do you want, and it all depends on who you have at the time. And if you if your range guy will die in the middle of combat. Then like, oh, there goes your range. Now the guy with the bow and arrows, you know, is just like sneaking behind the big guy and just sh- shooting you in the behind over and over again until <laughs> everyone dies. Because some attacks can hit through everyone. So it'll <laughs> hit all four people and then cause bleeding and stuff. It, it, what's also interesting is when you're walking through the dungeon, there's random stuff that you can pick up kind of like... Um, uh, I, I guess I guess kind of like Oregon Trail where he's like, oh, do you want to see what's in the cabin or in the cave? Oh, but something might happen to you. Oh, my gosh. It's something that scares uh, um, the priest. Uh, she read some really horrible text. Now she's very scared. And then it, <laughs> it freaking it freaking spreads, dude. One guy's just like, oh, I'm scared, too, now. And then the other guy's like, oh, I'm scared, too, now. And then, and then like, what, what would happen is when they'll go into battle, if their life is low, then um, sometimes you'll get something really cool, like, oh, I have a hero complex. Now I want to um, fight, and nothing hurts me. And if I win this fight, then I get, like, a bunch of XP at the end of the thing. 
but then sometimes you know people are like oh there's there's because they talk during this whole dungeon thing they'll be they'll say like oh uh there's no hope they they're trained blah blah they'll talk about the monsters and they'll like move themselves to the back row so they can totally mess your lineup if you're not careful it's crazy i could talk about this a lot there's a lot (laughs) of little stuff in this game that make it really cool and i hope it i hope it succeeds a nice little indie game it's it's just like pretty rad really weird to look at like yeah i i when i said it screenshots strangely i it's hard to tell what what the interface is like what the genre is and and how how exactly it's controlled yeah it's um it's turn-based turn-based um you just click four skills each person has four skills but as you level them up they get more skills and uh, the attack animations look really cool they're like a a graphic novel um splash screen like it's really really nice um i enjoyed playing through that even though i i failed horribly (laughs) when i recorded it oh gosh but yeah that's what i've been playing it's good cool cool all right well we have a lot of news to get into this week a lot of stuff's been happening people are doing things they're going places and 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 they call that news um so we're gonna get started (laughs) on that early yeah first two stories we got are follow-ups from last week the first one uh remember how we didn't care about dying light yeah well we might care about dying light mods in the future because the Dying Light developers are going to release official mod tools now that now that last week they were taking down unofficial mods with DMCA notices. Um, well, uh, just reading this, um, looks like my official, my initial reaction off the bat about this, uh, nope, still don't care. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, this is, mods are cool. Like, like this mods are cool. They just shouldn't have been fucking assholes and DMCA takedown people who are modding their game. Well, it, it like, was it was technically a mistake by a third party vendor. Remember well, the, then they the shouldn't ESA be working statement? With third party assholes. Right, I know, and they're they're trying to slash those those third party assholes off of off of their docket and and redeem themselves. And I'm like, I'm okay with this because. Like, modders might do something interesting with the game. I always have faith that modders can do something interesting with, like, any yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Fallout 3 is is drastically more underwhelming, I would argue, without without the modding scene happening to it. Or, mm-hmm. or like, Oblivion, I guess, for another yeah, example. Yeah, Oblivion's a good example. Because Oblivion's kind of mediocre without mods, but you can mod it up to be super fucking great. And is, you mod it up, and then you just forget about it the next day. <laughs> just like I do with Minecraft. And uh, oh man, God. yeah, Minecraft. <laughs> for that, but that's like another great. Like Minecraft's good to begin with, but like with the modding scene, it has kind of like blossomed into this thing that's that's lasted for like what going on seven years now. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, dude! Minecraft is still around. I can't believe that. <laughs> Yeah, no, they have a con. They have they have Minecon, and yeah. uh, and and the kids love it. They go to Minecon and they ask embarrassing questions, and and they keep the Minecraft dream alive. And and the Oxcast, you know, at, you know, curses and people oh, get yeah. mad at them. And yeah, no, people. <laughs> yeah, I remember that fortunes. Whole thing. Fortunes have been won and lost 
and the the Minecraft fan media community. So, um, anyways, uh, they've released an official statement saying that modders were a massive part of our gaming community since Call of War as 2 and Dead Island. We wish to continue that support with Dying Light. We plan to actively support the coolest mods created by players. The mod tools aren't out yet. They're just kind of promising that they're developing them. So I guess wait and see what, uh, if, if these tools come out first of all, and then second of all, if, if people make interesting stuff out of dying light that uh that keyword i guess interesting because i mean like the game's not getting panned necessarily by critics i just i just know i've already played enough of this kind of game to not that that i should not go through like another another parkour free moving fps game where zombies are the bad guys and where there's lots of crafting and light stealth i've just I, I know that that's like a horribly whiny thing of me to say I've just played too much of it, which is like a horrible <laughs> first world problem to have. I know it's just terrible, but I've, I need to I need to stay away from that stuff for at least a little while. Yeah, it was uh, I, I mean, semi relevant, but like that, that whole like trope that that's like becoming what all games are becoming thing is it's, uh, it's just what's hot right now. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was funny. I was actually have you guys ever heard of Besiege? Yeah, no. I really yeah. want to play that. I, I bought it the other day, and I was. Did, I was did you it make on... a giant like dick machine? <laughs> not, not yet. I have made a lot of different things. But I'm making a video on, on it, a, a quick video. But it was just funny because I was looking through the reviews for it, and a lot of them were, were typical like kind of meme reviews that are pretty funny. Like, oh, trying to make a car that shot a cannon, made a cannon that shot the car. Ten out of ten. And then the best one I saw was. Uh, was just like referencing the Ubisoft trope that has been so overplayed. Um, no radio towers to scale to find the map. Ten out of ten. I was like, yeah. You know, maybe yeah, what they could Ubisoft. do is make a medieval siege machine of a little stick figure climbing a tower that like mm-hmm. spills <laughs> greasy fire fuel all over the battlefield when they get to the top, <laughs> thereby expanding the map with playable resources that burn the little soldiers i don't know do you, do you other matt matt and uh and jordan you guys you guys are to be sieged right yeah no okay be sieged it's it's kind of like uh, maybe i should let um jimmy describe because he's actually been playing with it but i can't wait i can't wait to get a hold of this game oh yeah okay so besieged is like uh okay this is the best way i can describe it hey, do you guys know what kerbal space program is yeah okay that game is based off like you build a rocket and you send it to space. This is essentially think of that same idea how Kerbal Space Program works, but instead of going to space, your goal is to uh, siege and conquer a medieval land. And so, every level you're given like an objective, like oh, destroy eighty percent of the houses in this village, <laughs> and Yay. you're given yeah, and you're given a little box. And within that box, you can, it's not little, but you're given like an area. And within that area, you can build a machine. And with that machine, you use like wheels and posts and and braces and pistons and cannons and all that shit. And you make a ridiculous physics-based, like Gary's Mod style, do-it-yourself, oh, like killing machine. It looks cool. Holy crap. Yeah, it's super, it's super tight. The only problem with the game right now is that it's short. It's like... There's like 15 levels right now, and they're really easy. And 
But aside from that, they have like a free build mode and they're working on sandbox mode right now. And there's like hints of like a PVP mode eventually. Oh my God. And there's supposed to be like six more so, continents. So that way the dick that you make that like jerks itself off and spews fire <laughs> all over the battlefield can spew yeah. fire all over someone else's dick that jerks itself off and spews <laughs> fire. Yes, oh exactly God. that. And, and yeah, like, that's another thing. Like, it's great, like, bait for hilarious gifs of these uh-huh. just, like, incredibly stupid-looking siege machines. It kind of reminds me of what it was like when the Spore Creature Creator first came out. Right. And everyone and was just making, like, weird dick monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Except now they're making weird dick siege machines. Yeah. And mm. and the, the great thing is, is, like, there's so much... They, they, they mastered the idea of, like, simple mechanics that expand into into something that's like like very complex like just okay there's like a wrench tool that you can use to alter each individual item or each individual part to like have a different activation button so you can have all your wheels activate from hitting the forward key or you can have some of them activate by hitting left and some of them activate by hitting right so you can make like tank wheels you know or you can like have all of your cannons fire on different keys so instead of firing them all at once you have a several shots to like shoot at different things it's really cool and it gets really really in depth and like just like go look up besieged gifs and you could find some of the fucking amazing <laughs> things that people made out of these like there's like 10 mechanics and people have turned in, in into like and and also incredible also it's some crazy. amazingly stupid things yeah, of course, of course, that's bound to happen. My favorite one so far was someone who played, like, level one, which is just, like, a house that literally you just need to make something that drives forward and you crush it, <laughs> and they made a Rube Goldberg machine that took, like, five minutes to complete, and it was just, like, a it was like a big boulder that, like, rolled through all these things, got, like, picked up, moved around, dropped, and then in the very end, it gets... It lands on a car that drives forward, <laughs> stops in front of the house, and then, like, like gently tilts the ball <laughs> off of the car, and it rolls in and hits the house, and it blows up. It's oh so funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny. That's I great. love the game. I don't know how we got there, though. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. This is because that was that was technically new story number one. Dying Light yeah. developers to release official mod tools. Now we have. Sorry, sorry that I just care so no, little about, about, about Dying Light. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know why why it sounds like the police are batting down my doors right now. But whatever, it happens every week here on the Resident <laughs> Evil TOVG fan cast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Jesus Christ! Wow. New story it's- number. <laughs> Is that is it's that okay. a fire alarm? It gives it oh, gives no, it's, an it's interesting going away now. It's, yeah, it's okay. Maybe <laughs> 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 mm. we still make some more Goddamn coppers, get off of my lawn. <laughs> okay, new story number two. Let's do this. <clears throat> this is also a follow up from a story last week. Remember how uh, SOE renamed itself and, and uh, kind of rebuilt itself as Daybreak Game Company? <laughs> yeah. Now, instead of being sponsored by Sony, they're being sponsored by um, Columbus Nova. Right, the meatpacking company. No, the evil <laughs> um, cyberpunk PMC company. Oh, that's right. Either, either <laughs> or. It's still funny because um they've they've packed some of the uh the meat of of their studio and shipped it away because uh they have been faced with layoffs first week after renaming and being reacquired by a new company Um, so daybreak green company has laid off an unknown number of staffers including david georgeson who uh uh, news sites were labeling him as the man who served as the face of everquest for many years i i never heard of him so i looked him up and yeah it seems it 
seems <laughs> legit. Like he's worked at SOE on and off for a total of seven years. He was involved in shipping Crusaders of Might and Magic, Tribes 2, Planet Side oh, 1, and EverQuest 2. 2. Yeah, no, this guy's worked on a lot of cool stuff. And and <laughs> I love like the first slide of his LinkedIn page. It's it's so great seeing like these these really old AAA veterans market themselves. The first line on it says, shipped 100% of started projects. <laughs> but uh, let's see. They um, <clears throat> But he's gone now. He's going to have to find work somewhere else. I'm sure he'll be fine. But who knows about all the other like, you know, anonymous people that didn't get reported on. Yeah. Um, But it also, I guess, kind of doesn't bode well for the future of the company in general, which I, and, and in a weird way, I hate to say it, but a lot of commenters like saw this coming literally underneath the headlines of, of last week's story. Which was uh-huh. SOE renames itself as Daybreak, reacquired by new investment company. And, um, you know, the PR release was all smiles, but but everyone has was just kind of more pessimistic about it underneath. And uh, that happened fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it yeah, took it them no time at all. at all to just, like, start hitting the layoffs. Is, is their next <laughs> game going to be, like, a free-to-play mobile Candy Crush clone? Because that seems like the next logical course of of heartbreaking corporate buyouts of a of a company that previously made kind of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's sad news. I mean, no, no. It's just like, like, it's more of like a well, you know. How are they gonna finish that? The the one good thing that could have come out of it, which is like the Xbox One version of Planet Side Two, when they have less people to work on their games now i guess i don't know man what if they outsource it to china like a cyberpunk pmc company called columbus nova would do they should outsource it to uh to red button i'm sure they're looking for work right now oh yeah red button they're sonic boom right (laughs) yeah big red button um Big red button. <laughs> this isn't on the docket. We can say it really quickly. Sonic Boom is officially the uh, lowest selling Sonic game in franchise history. Dang. <laughs> was, that a, was that an air Cowbell. horn? Yeah, it was like a sad air horn. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have. But anyways, yeah, so I guess we can all like either celebrate or sad abrate over that. Sad abrate. Sad abrate. I like that word. I'm going to tweet that out right now. Having a hashtag satabration right now on the TRBG I've, I've been using podcast. the word, the word vomitrocious a lot lately. Oh, God. That sounds, that sounds horrible. Oh, boy. Wow. That's terrible. But yeah, um, Sonic Boom sold horribly. You can either interpret that as being like, yay, maybe they'll make a good Sonic game now and like figure out their demographics better. Like Sonic Generations did well, but it was marketed to a completely different crowd. Like it wasn't like kids with a TV show kind of transmedia franchising it across the mediums. And uh, I mean, people like that racing game, Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. Yeah, I actually heard a lot of good things about that I don't know if it sold well, though. And Mm. God, I have it on my Steam account, but I haven't played it yet. But but no, everyone hates Sonic Boom and no one bought Sonic Boom. Yeah. The only people who have bought Sonic Boom are the people making Let's Plays about how bad it is. Right. So. Oh, God. When I was doing the Hot Pepper game review, the first of the uh, of the three reviewers was, was Sonic Boom, and, and the crowd was loving it. They were, they were eating oh, it up. Oh, man. Yeah. You can, you, can, you can make fun of Sonic Boom all day, which is why we're going to move on and talk about Resident Evil. 
<laughs> oh. I, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of surprised that was your transition. I was gonna make a joke when we started like covering the news, be like, "So, Resident Evil." <laughs> what happened this that? week in Resident Evil news? The the remake, well, the remaster, the the Resident Evil remaster, the rem- the Resident Evil remake remaster, or as I like to call it, the remake remake, has um, proudly broken a couple of digital sales records. Mm. Um, I guess how big of a deal you think this is might depend on on how much you like Capcom games, because one of those two records is it's the fastest selling digital Capcom title. The other is actually. Um, kind of beating out a much larger pool of games. It is the biggest selling day one release on PlayStation Network as a whole. So, um, yeah, I guess Sweet. I guess that uh, that beats out like uh, what other digital games? With Blood Dragon, Call of Juarez, the the Gunslinger, Juarez, Shadow Juarez. Complex. Yeah, yeah. Juarez. Juarez. <laughs> come on, George. No, I know you're Juarez. I know you're East Coast, but come on, George. <laughs> so like whatever if it's this game I'm thinking of, that is a cool game. But but Resident Call Evil of Juarez? Yeah. Is that the one you're talking Remastered. about? Maybe. Yeah, it'd be Call of Juarez <laughs> and all that other stuff on the PSN at least. Um but yeah, people we were just talking about a game that sold horribly that everyone hated, and here's a game that sold just wonderfully and everyone loves i guess i don't know it's it's weird it's it's also like those strange case i guess it's because it's a really old game and they didn't add many new features to this new version it hasn't necessarily like scored super well but it's sold super well which uh yeah. which is surprising like um they're they're gearing up to release revelations 2 on digital only and i'm interested to see if this same kind of news ends up following the release of that game because it might like also kind of give Capcom a wake-up call about, like, why people might want an older-style Resident Evil game more than this, like, Last of Us clone that that Mm -hmm. is what Revelations 2 looks like it's shaping out to be. By the way, have you guys seen footage of that? No. No, I have not. It it legit looks like a Last of Us clone, and I know I've been, like... It kind of disappointed me because my favorite thing about Revelations, even though I didn't really like the game that much, Mm -hmm. was uh, it had this, like... It was, like, Resident Evil in the water and like all the creatures were water monsters it had this theme to it that no. this new one it, it just was, looks it was like, at least like a little yeah. original in it's like monster design and stuff it also like went way out of its way to kind of like bring the regenerators back and I mean everyone yeah. loves the regenerators but um I think Revelations could have been a masterpiece like I don't know if you guys actually played it but all the scenes, like all the segments on the boat, it was like Resident Evil 4 meets Resident Evil 1. And I think it could have been a great new direction for the series, taking it back to its roots. But instead, 50% of the game was spent just like Gears of War, you know, fighting an <laughs> onslaught of spammed monsters as Chris Redfield in a totally different location. You could never, like, get attached to the ship that you were, like, exploring in you a mansion escort. You also never really know what you're going to get with modern Resident Evil. Yeah. It's they, like a box of chocolates. You never know. Even Resident Evil 4, like, <laughs> had that same issue. Like, it begins in this creepy, like, grimy medieval village, and it ends on, like, a high-tech oil rig-type facility that's just like hard to even describe because it looks so unlike anything that exists in the world and but but whatever Resident Evil 1 is is a weird a remake actually is like a weird case of of it being elegant and like tightly designed and it still like ends in a super high-tech lab facility but only that's like two percent of the game the rest of it is is a very very coherent oh what I love so much about it is just like how coherent 
as an experience it is. It all takes place in one mansion. It's kind of like Shadow Moses. If all the doors were unlocked, you could run through the whole game in like 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it's uh, also, I guess, kind of nice to see it getting the sales it deserves. Like mm-hmm. some some very kind of weird, maybe fanboyish assumptions I want to make off this news might be like the reason why it did not sell so well on the GameCube might not necessarily have been because the audience no longer liked tank controls and pre-rendered camera angles so much as it was just a launch title of the console in the third place and that it also didn't fit the like family-friendly demographic and image of the console because now it is selling very well <laughs> almost uh, like 15 years later almost it came out in 2002 right so that's like 13 years and um I guess now maybe it's nostalgia now. Maybe it's it's not. I I played through it just a couple days ago and still thought it was great. I thought it held up very well. And uh, maybe it had more to do with just the kind of unfortunate conditions of the Games Cube's launch rather than than how the audience thinks of of old style survival horror. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I. I... I always dread the Resident Evil conversations because I've never played one, so I can't really contribute. <laughs> and also, oh, yeah, we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Geez. I remember. No, it's 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 fine though. I mean, it's basically about sales numbers and stuff, not not the game, right? We're we're reading right. the economy. Um, Why do you say it looks like Last of Us? Because I'm, I'm looking at some gameplay now, and it of of Revelations two. Yeah, it's you say it's kind of Last of Usy. Cause, cause Barry's. I don't know which which gameplay footage you're looking of it. They revealed it with some extremely, really, really dark, hard to see environments and and kind of like slow combat that looks less like it. But the most recent uh, footage I, don't I see saw any ladders. was. It's not Last of Us unless there's ladders. So. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Barry is like in, in the latest footage of something called raid mode Barry is like this grizzled old guy covered in backpacks and mud and he has some cute little girl with supernatural powers with him and it's like this it's got this fully controllable camera shooting system with with some light inventory oh, wow. management and and the zombies take like three or four headshots to to kill and a lot of it's just kind of backpedaling and light stealthing around them it looks like the last of us yeah i it's funny because I pulled up the, the exact video that you uh, you were talking about. Let's play Resident Evil Revelations 2 Xbox One gameplay. Okay. And I was literally just like clicking as you were accenting like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, And then it has this and then it has this. And it was literally <laughs> matching up so perfectly. I was like, yeah, there's the grizzled old man. Barry right, and the, uh, Multiple headshots. Yeah, Barry is is someone. Barry Burton. He he was in Resident Evil 1 and very briefly in the GameCube, <laughs> or the Game Boy Resident Evil Gaiden sequel that never came out. He's just kind of been like this wishy-washy character who who floated around the series without much to do and now they like i feel like they picked him because he like might as well fit a joel clone because he's just like an old middle-aged man who like guides you through the story really friendly and helpful uh shout outs to the top comments on this video oh god um this look this is like a worse looking non-atmospheric version of the last of us okay good uh, next one. So basically, they ripped off The Last of Us. Okay, great. <laughs> it goes on like that for a while. And, oh, and like, I, I made it. a video about it. Like, a lot of things are like The Last of Us nowadays. Yeah, that's what I that's like what the one. Evil Within was kind of like. Ooh, ooh sniff, what is it? sniff. This smells like The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> that's from that that fucking. Have you seen that Ego Rapture video? Oh yeah, this, this smells like Ego Raptor. Yeah, this smells like Ego Raptor. <laughs> the Last of Us wouldn't have cut me off. <laughs> 
Hi, uh, we developed The Last of Us. Did you know we literally created God? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be talking about things that aren't The Last of Us and are more are more about the the economics of of game and the gaming industry at large after these messages. My robots and I will control the world as soon as we get rid of that blue tweet Mega Man and his robot dog rush. Bomb Man, make sure they have a blast. What? Mega Man's taking over the bomb? Cut Man, watch out. Mega Man can use your own power against you just like that. Okay, Mega Man, can you stop Proto Man and Guts Man at the same time? I don't think so. Mega Man, collect them all from Bandai. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. You know what's interesting? Um, all three of us here review games, and to the best of my knowledge, all three of us do not score our reviews of our games. There's four of us here. Oh, There's there are. There, sorry, because like on the Skype screen, <laughs> I see three because I don't see me. So it's like right. my brain. It just because it, also because you know I'm a big fat idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I am talking about Eurogamer ditching review scores. Which uh, is yeah. mildly related to something that yeah. that we we kind of sort of do. Um, <clears throat> Eurogamer is going to be switching to a <laughs> instead of like a ten point scale, it's now this like four point scale. <laughs> Games yeah. either get a big badge that says essential, recommended, or avoid, or just no badge at all. Which I guess mm. is is going to be the Eurogamer version of eight point eight from now on. Um, they're only going to review final retail versions and online games will only get reviewed after they've launched, I guess, so as to make sure that the review bill doesn't have any unintended glitches or is presented in a uh, kind of manipulative environment that the customer won't get. And also that multiplayer games can have the full brunt of the developer's uh, server capabilities weighted against the full brunt of the player base it ends up getting. Um, Eurogamer has cited the reductive nature of a number failing to represent nuanced subjective opinion as one of the reasons behind ditching scores. The other is, uh, this is what Joystick was saying in their thing, but then Joystick went poop. Um, they're saying that for many game creators, far too much is riding on a meta score, good or bad, for us to allow it to be influenced by a rating that we don't think represents us fairly. Uh, which is another, like, really interesting problem. Like, have you guys heard of this? Um, a lot of game publishers issue out bonuses, um, for games that ship with high meta scores. Yeah. Which, like, puts kind of completely unintentional and kind of undeserved responsibility on reviewers. Yeah. To, to, like, I, I, I don't know. On one hand, I'm like, that shouldn't be the, the reviewer's problem. And so, on the other hand, I'm like, well, then let's just not score it so it won't be anyone's problem. Right. Um, they also say that Metacritic's influence on the game industry is not healthy, caused by the over-importance attached to the Metascore by certain sectors of the industry and audience, which means less interesting and innovative games as a result, which is something I find kind of harder to understand, but I also kind of get it. Like, I don't know, when it comes to review scores, I'm so wishy-washy for either side of the debate. Because I really like how they don't spoil anything, but I also hate how they kind of, they do reduce a uh, subjective human opinion that can be wishy-washy about things into a number, yeah. which is which is weird. Right. I guess it also, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's things like that that cause the whole, the whole like, 
uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire meme, the like 7.8 out of 10, too much water. Like <laughs> that could have been completely avoided if anybody actually read the review, but nobody read the review. They just read the buzzword next to the number and then it became meme status. And then there are also like weird cases. Like I'm kind of kind of salty about reviews about remake remake. Like I think it's uh-huh. fantastic because it's basically one of the greatest games ever. Just nothing changed, updated for 2015. And just kind of presented in a like pure form, but yeah. I guess since it doesn't have extra features and and it, literally anything else that was not in the GameCube version added in. Actually, there are two extra costumes you can play as as modern Chris or modern Jill. Well, I don't know. Ooh. Like Jill oh. is she doesn't it, it her her outfit doesn't look like uh, other Resident Evil games, but you can have Chris in his like RE five bicep version. But literally, just besides that, it's the same game, which means it got like a lot of sevens and eights. But I mean, in my heart, it's it's perfect ten. But <laughs> you it, can it's unlock like, Jill's Resi Three outfit. Oh, you could do that in the GameCube version. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I literally think the only new additions are um, an alternate control scheme where you can have tank controls on the D pad and like camera based controls on the uh, analog stick, and also the two costumes. And and I guess like that has to be weighted in the score somehow. I but it's literally a feature I don't give it two shits about. <laughs> um, so let's see anything else in here. They will regularly publish day one early impressions. I think those are always useful. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if this was entirely intended or not, but um, underneath their article explaining the new policy, they have a picture of a screen that has an eight out of 10 review on it. And it yeah. says, farewell, old friend. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, are I'm they sure, talking? I'm sure they knew. <laughs> Did they? Because like that, they could be talking about review scores in general, or they could uh-huh. be talking about the eight out of 10 itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's the it's the eight out of 10 itself, because... <laughs> Have you seen that thing where it like the the re the like Photoshop picture of their new system where it's like like oh Eurogamer's new new yeah, rating the, system the recommended really good, is and it shows pretty like, much a nine or ten or the recommended yeah. is like a seven to eight the the essential yeah. is a nine or ten the avoid is basically six and anything under yeah it's so funny <laughs> but so like, I'm sure they I'm sure they were self referential with that they knew i i, I kind of giggled when i was reading the their description of games that would just not get a stamp and uh <laughs> yeah because that's I just can't like imagine being that game that's still like, an 8.8 8, pretty much like an 8.8 8 <laughs> is just like the wishy-washiest like you want to say all the bad things this game has in it but you also don't want to piss the fans off at the same time yeah. score like if you, yeah. <laughs> you you guys should try this someday go to GameStop or GameSpot and ar- organize all of their archived reviews by score when you uh, filter past the 10s and the 9s which takes uh, fairly quickly you get to the 8.8s and suddenly they're like eight extra pages of 8.8 reviews that wow. are not on the other games at all because it's just like it, it is literally the easiest score to give something yeah it's pretty easy um, so yeah, that's, that's happening, you know, and, and Kotaku doesn't give review scores, RPS doesn't give review scores, most of the YouTubers I follow don't give review scores, so, um, if, if the other two big websites that people, like, still go to by the millions, which are, like, GameStop and IGN, if they ditch review scores, which I don't think is likely, like, how am I gonna joke about 8.8s? Yeah. <laughs> 
think of the jokes. We might lose the jokes, and that's, I guess, literally the only bad thing. Um. Anyways, next up, we uh, have some news about Godus. You guys remember Godus? Goddess? Yeah. How did, well, how- okay, I, I can't say I remember this, but I, I did look into this a little bit just to see what it was all about and as soon as you as soon as you see the the two as soon as you see the words peter molly no you're like oh molly i know where this is going <laughs> molly noakes molly nukes molly, <laughs> molly as soon nukes. as you see the guy who made fable you're like oh i i can take a wild guess where this story is gonna lead <laughs> yeah, us can right. you believe it he pitched a game that didn't deliver on his pitches and now everyone's oh. all mad what? They're like, oh no. Peter Molyneux lied? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Goodness. It's so sad. It's so sad. Although, I can't, has it gotten to the point where we can call that Molly knowing now? Oh, I, I think like, you could have said that a long time ago. Right, but like, is it like concrete yet? Is it like, like widespread to where we can be like, Oh yeah, no. Sonic Boom, their their ad, their demo and their their previews totally upsold the game. But I mean, it was just Molly knowing. As soon as you got it out, it was just like, oh, yeah, this game's terrible. Like, no, it doesn't have anything that they promised. And all, Can we say that yet? But because like the overall history of of Molly Nukes games, like they're not bad. They just kind of over deliver. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, Fable wasn't objectively bad. <laughs> Fable Fable 1 was pretty good, but everything that they promised Fable 1 would be yeah. just amounted to what was in Fable 2 did, and everything the they promised in Fable grow? 2 wasn't in it. Did did they and grow in, in real 3. time? <laughs> <laughs> well they uh, it was it was it was a strange time. Microsoft wanted yeah. to I guess milk as many Fable games out of uh out of Lionhead was that the name of the studio at the time? Lionhead, yeah. Yeah. What's that? It's like people who grew up with it seem to like it more. Like I grew up with Fable, oh, yeah. it was amazing as a kid. Yeah. But like I don't know how I would have felt playing it as an adult. But, I mean, that's like that's like out. how almost anything works. You, you, yeah. You, the law of diminishing returns. You're gonna enjoy something the most the first time, generally. But Fable yeah. Fable's generally like speaking. weird to me because like when I played Fable as a kid, I was like, This game's amazing, it's like too amazing to be real. <laughs> but um you were it's actually yourself. Seem, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, people seem really split on how they feel about it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's weird. I, I feel split. I'd give it an eight point eight. I get it. I, I so, feel like I need him to make one, one game, one good game right now, so he can like get his name back. His- I mean, I think it's gonna take more than that. He has to make not just like a good game. It has to be a game where he sells it like. This is gonna be life changing, right. and, and then, it like, actually, actually is life changing. Well, that's what he's. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I Re- refresher. This was a game called Curiosity. What's inside the cube? Everyone in the internet just kind of clicked away at little chips on this cube, and whoever would click away the last chip to get inside the cube would be awarded a wonderful life changing surprise. And that life changing surprise was a a very slight role in the development of Godus goddess uh-huh. whatever oh and, my God. and also a one percent share of the game's profit and the guy who won was this like 18 year old kid who didn't play video games that much but knew what they were and had to look up who peter molyneux was before he like thought it was a big deal and just kind of no, like uh, <laughs> i heard about the like i saw that app and i remember it and mm-hmm. i just did not care enough to like i, stick I clicked around. away at like four squares and then was like okay 
People paid money for chisels that would like take away twenty squares, God and it's like, it. Whoa. and I never heard what was inside until just now. Yeah, I, that I was, just, that's what's inside. Do you You're, remember Peter Molyneux saying like it would change the world? Yeah, yeah. Probably I remember that whole speech, that whole speech, and I'm like, what is he doing? What is he doing? He can't do this after Fable Three. He can't. Yeah. Do, he can't keep doing this, Peter. Like he, and he's always just like with that happy smile, that Peter smile in all the that interviews. Peter smile. Like he, like he just didn't make a bad game. Are you serious right now? You can still smile. I, I swear he's getting some type of drugs. Okay, there, there's a, there mol- two there's a drug called Molyneux, okay? Mo- <laughs> he's dropping Molyneux. <laughs> dropping um, Molyneux, dude. No, he- <laughs> Has anybody seen Molyneux? <laughs> Oh, Mo- See, if he'd, he'd, he'd exposed <laughs> the world to that drug when we got to the center of the cube, maybe everyone would see where he's coming from. <laughs> he's keeping it to himself. There are two pieces of very damning press out this week about about go- go- goddess goddess. I don't fucking know. let's call Robert, it goddess. Let's call it God- yeah, because that sounds like it might be an actually kind of clever homonym. Let's call it goddess. Uh, yeah. One of them is by Eurogamer. It's an absolutely great article interviewing the guy who won, quote-unquote, the prize, quote-unquote. And um, it just sounds like such an awkward endeavor. They they invited him over to the studio where he got to play test the hot, unreleased prototype version of Goddess before anyone else. And he says that he, like, got bored after an hour and a half, oh. but he played three hours just to seem polite. <laughs> Oh, and later no. on, <laughs> later on, they they offer him a share of the game's revenue, which is one percent, which is like okay for just like something. He and again, like I said earlier, like he didn't really know what was going on in this whole process. He kind of yeah. had to Google Google the names and the products involved to get it. So I guess like for something that you're just completely uninformed about and don't really care about, suddenly getting one percent of of the shares of a game isn't necessarily bad. But it's still just, I guess, it's just like 1%. Anyways, um, they were also going to give him some role in the game that is apparently somehow tied to the game having a multiplayer mode. And since they could not deliver on the Kickstarter promise so far of there being a multiplayer mode, this is why they cannot give him his share or put him in the game. Literally everything that, that this guy was supposed to win in this contest, he's gotten little to nothing of it. He got a trip to the studio and in a very brief playtesting game, which they might have been able to spun as some kind of slight development involvement role. And then he just kind of went home. And yeah, and they stopped answering his emails when he was asking them how the project's gonna go. <clears throat> wow, this is depressing. Um, the other the other article was by Rock Paper Shotgun and it was just like more of of a straight up checklist of what was promised and what was delivered. Apparently there yeah. was a, line, a Linux version of this game that uh doesn't look like it's going to happening that they were promising cuz the engine they're using doesn't support Linux. They said it was going to come out 7 to 9 months after the Kickstarter deadline, which was like 15 months ago or something. <laughs> I don't remember. It was years ago. Um, they were going to have a game, a forum for game development studios or that a forum for game development students where they would offer them advice and feedback on their projects that does not exist. And at the time of writing this RPS article, apparently they were not able to access any of the goddess forums at all. Uh, there was also going to be a making of book that does not exist. And also there is more press building about a project Molly Nukes is 
working on now called The Trial, which is is taking up more time than Goddess right now. And and uh, he's Molynuxing it like even after yeah. in, in the middle of a PR disaster about overselling the previous game, which is still not out of early access and has not been good and great reviews that whole time, even by like the guy who won the hype contest. <laughs> It, it's called The Trial. He says it will build on feelings and emotions untapped so far. And oh, oh my God. You, you guys hear these sirens? Yeah. yeah. They, they just, yeah. they don't want me to have a peaceful, a peaceful, nice, quiet podcast this week. It's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, but there's, there's some really fun quotes about the trial and and he says that the trial can be understood at a glance it entertains the idea of communication beyond words by means of music art and so on the problem with social media is that we communicate too much if you and i who are having a conversation right now could only say 10 words to each other we'd feel frustrated with lots of things that we cannot utter but on the other hand we'd make every effort to make those 10 words sound as meaningful as possible <laughs> the trial will build on feelings and emotions untapped so far. And yeah, that's 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 the, the video game. Yeah. This guy can talk video some game. crap. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. I guess like I guess if if no one else is going to say it, I'll be the first to say it. I think you're full of shit, man. <laughs> that's like what? Yeah. I, oh. I, I hate to be a sarcastic asshole, but oh, what a brave, shocking, controversial thing Jimmy just said. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's what Nukes does. He bees full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> which, which like, isn't necessarily a bad skill to have when you're trying to hype up upcoming games. No, see, that's the problem, yeah. is that he's successfully he's, full he of shit. He is successfully yeah. full of shit. Yes. <laughs> Every time he has an interview, you're like, okay, may maybe he might pull it off. Maybe this game might be great. I thought Goddess was going to be, you know, decent. And then when the early access came out, like, I don't know, like last year, people were like, oh, oh it's, God. it's okay. I, I had fans of the show <laughs> were, like, messaging me on Steam who had who had um put money down on the Kickstarter about how disappointed they were. And like this is the thing, like a lot of people kind of saw the Kickstarter honeymoon like kind of waning after a while, like after realizing that a lot of these projects just would not be able to deliver on their promises. Right. Cuz as it turns uh -huh. out, video games are like <laughs> Kickstarter video games are actually cheap video games. People kind of found out how expensive video games are to make. I guess they also kind of found out that having granted a boss that you hate that might not be making decisions that you want might still kind of be motivating you into keeping a project going by by constantly paying you as you work rather than a lump sum up front when, when not much of it is done. Um, right. Yeah, the Kickstarter honeymoon's over, guys. Peter Molyneux killed it. <laughs> A new Asteroids game was announced. <laughs> okay. That was a new like the weirdest Asteroids thing game. It's it's fine though. It's a, I, how how the hell else am I going to bring up Asteroids? Thirty-six yeah. year old franchise about shooting little white lines that look like asteroids with a, another little white lines that look like a spaceship. This is weird. Um, yeah, it's pretty dumb. It's. I mean, I, I haven't really looked into it, but the idea of that like. Oh, a new one of that old thing is coming. Is like, all right, but it's like uh, such an old thing; it doesn't necessarily matter. And it, yeah. it like it, it began so abstract. 
that that just like nowadays the asteroids ip <laughs> the name and the branding and the universe and the canon of asteroids is just like so non-existent almost well it doesn't it just even like, sound like asteroids it sounds like they're just using the yeah. namesake for a completely different game yeah yeah okay MMO. let me let me get give the spiel the bullet point spiel on february 10th atari announced a new game is in the works for the 36 year old asteroids franchise an mmo survival game called asteroids colon outpost and (laughs) (laughs) you play as a miner in an asteroid belt it's an open world game with sandbox and survival elements there's crafting woo wee that sounds like a lot of games uh you'll explore (laughs) sci-fi locations and you must embark upon missions to explore the universe to scavenge for and collect resources players can also craft equipment including guns and vehicles and work with or against other players online it's uh currently under development by a new studio called (laughs) salty games a uh, Great. Atari studio in L.A., also and sponsored by Arctos Entertainment Group. Uh, not much can really be said about them. They just kind of market it as a, you know, one of those, like, studios opened by AAA game developers that might just make this one game and then fizzle out afterwards when they make a new one somewhere else. Um <laughs> The only interesting thing I was able to dig up about Arctos Entertainment Group was that they also invested heavily in Hammerpoint Interactive, which uh, is the company that made the War Z, aka Infestation Survival Stories, which I also believe involved you exploring a sci-fi universe where you uh, scavenged for and collected resources and also crafted equipment, including guns and gadgets, and it got critically panned and had to change its name so hard because it was just <laughs> panned so hard. Um, yeah, I remember of the war z controversy good times but at least like i don't know atari has a better reputation atari's atari hasn't really like been in the news for doing shady shit that much have they actually though are they um the evolve publishers i'm gonna check up real quick i think they might oh, have something to do I with know, evolve man. i know i it, didn't know atari still existed it's no it's not the old atari in like 2003 or something some other no it's it's 2k games yeah but i don't think atari's really like done anything super duper controversial over the years like you don't hear a lot of hate for them so so maybe asteroids colon outpost might might turn out okay <laughs> yeah Reminds me of space engineers maybe. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like a lot of games, actually. It's just literally the only unique thing about it is the asteroids IP. That's what makes this fun news. I wish they would have called it the Ast of Us. (laughs) (laughs) The Ast of Us colon outpost. (laughs) (laughs) The Ast of Us colon roids. Talking about asteroids right now is really Mm -hmm. funny. I don't know. know. Like like that is literally the one unique sounding thing about this project is that they are reviving the asteroids franchise as as an early access pc mmo survival game oh (laughs) wait i didn't hear that part is it early access oh yeah they're gonna start early access uh for their first launch man can't we just get like Games? If you're gonna revive no, an IP, kids can love you it. just like finish it and, <laughs> and give it to us? The right. kids love the early access games, though. They buy that shit up. I mean, like, I guess I can't really talk. I bought I Am Bread and I just bought Besiege, and those are both early access. But you like, guys are all gonna embarrass yourselves because it's gonna be like the game of the year. If it's the game of the year, <laughs> it's gonna be the best if game ever. Made. If it's the game of the year, Jordan, you can fucking come over here and punch me in the face. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Are you well, gonna buy I'm here on the TOBG podcast? We make those claims. Oh come claims. on! I, I've been like cautiously optimistic. I said that people don't hate Atari as bad as Ubisoft or EA. 
I mean, or I don't hate Atari right at all. I have no reason to hate Atari. Exactly. So I know why it's going to be the have, game of the year. Even I've though seen it, it sounds, in my dreams. video games are very, very iterative, right? It sounds like a lot of other games that have been out, but so far there's like no super duper shady red flags, except maybe the the connect the very, very minor connection to um the War Z. Right. But I mean, like, it's just it just sounds like a lot of other games at the moment. I mean, we'll find out more. <laughs> we'll find out more. Yeah. <laughs> Video games are so trivial. Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry if I just had like an epiphany about how much I don't care about asteroids colon outpost. But anyways, <laughs> we can we can move on to the community section. We got cool, not too cool, kind of interesting questions. Although I feel like the first one has kind of sort of been asked before. Matt CD42, he's, he's always here. Thanks, thanks, Matt CD42. He asks, Do any of you peeps play MOBAs? Yeah, I do. I play. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I have. I played League of Legends since launch, um, since beta. Um, I play every MOBA that comes out, really. Um, not really? Did you, did you play the Adventure Time League of Legends clone? Oh. <laughs> No, I still haven't played that yet. I remember you telling because me about that. That is literally the only MOBA I've ever played. <laughs> really? Yeah. The the like in play in your browser for free Unity made Adventure Time lol clone on cartoonnetwork.com. Oh boy. <laughs> That's literally that is how much of a nub scrub I am. That's that's ridiculous. It's fine. Cartoonnetwork.com games are the bomb. They, they're they they're, really they're fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I I did play League of Legends pretty extensively. Um, I played enough to get a couple pentakills in my day. So I don't know what that like, is. That's when you kill all five members on the opposing team. Oh, I get it. Pentakill. In a quick succession. <laughs> it's yeah. not a double kill or a triple kill or a hexa kill. It's a pentakill. Yeah, because it's all five of them. And quintakill sounds stupid. Try kill, buy kill, <laughs> pentakill. Quintakill sounds like, I like a that. Pokemon. <laughs> it sounds it's fucking rad. It sounds actually. like Cyndaquil. Yeah, it's it's that is a oh cool ass gosh. term. Why am I getting so excited about pentakill? <laughs> pentakill is a great term. It is a great when term. You, when you hear that shit, when you hear that shit, and you're the person who did it, when the announcer's like pentakill, and you're like yes, oh, unless you're playing so Timo, then everyone hates you. <laughs> Yeah, I was playing Kha'Zix though, and then I was playing Pantheon the first time, so I was like, Mr. Stabby Stab both times. <laughs> I, I felt really no good. no idea what's going Coming on. from the sky. Boom. Dude, the, the Penta that I got with Kha'Zix, because he has that fucking jump move. Yeah. The last kill was like their last person, like, run for the hills, like heading back into their base, and I was like, knock today, motherfucker, and I like <laughs> jumped like 10 miles I'll, and landed I'll on just, his head and killed I'll, him. It was, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll just so let good, you guys dude. have your fun. It's, it was so good. Yeah, now you know how it feels listening to Resident Evil talk for, for three weeks straight, <laughs> Resident right? Evil is so good. It's so good. I mean, to be fair, I think League of Legends is pretty dang good. I just didn't have time to continue playing. It's, yeah. it's one of those let's things see. where you stop and you go. You stop and you go. Like, oh, you know, I want to. I feel like playing it, and then, you know, you stop. That's, that's primarily the yeah. thing keeping me away. Like, I have a great aversion to time commitments these days. Yeah, so, that's the same here. So, like, yeah. I don't know if I want to spend, like, another 200 hours of my life getting good at something that takes 200 <laughs> hours to get good at, you know? Getting good. Getting good. It's like I spend, I play too many indie games. If I, like, started playing League of Legends, I would get addicted. And well, I wish I, I could go back to that, though. Yeah. Like, if I, if I did not have a YouTube channel about video games, I would have been playing League of Legends like three years ago. Yeah. 
It's just, no, it's just a time mean. commitment. And and if I focus too much on one thing, it'll hurt the quality of my coverage of other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't make videos too much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why I don't make videos too much. <laughs> we, we don't have jobs like you, Jimmy. <laughs> I I work like a good twenty hours or so. I'm I'm getting I'm getting down there. Anyways, Clyde Lee asks us, are there any good video game musical tracks you used to love and listen to so often that you no longer enjoy them? Yes. Yes. The entirety of the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack. I, my entire I know bit. that feel. Like, music that I listen to while writing, it, it will, like, get there for me. Like, um... <laughs> the Metal Gear Solid 3 soundtrack, I would listen to the caution theme while basically writing the entirety of the critical close-up. I love that track to death. I think it's brilliant, but I cannot listen to it anymore. Because <laughs> I like I can be sitting in my bed trying to go to sleep, and it'll just get in my head, and I won't be able to go to sleep because I can't get it out. Damn. Um, trying to think of any song that I used to just, like, love and I just can't stand it anymore but I mean like the only things that I could think of would be like maybe stuff like you know like the song of storms or something where it's just like you know you hear it so many mm. times that you get sick of it but it's one of those I have this like thing where even with soundtracks like that I can listen to it a billion times and then as long as I'm off of it for like two months if I come back to it, I'll be like oh man so many memories and I'll just like love it more so I guess I don't really have any songs that I that I hate that are like video game related because I listen to them. I, I hate to say more and add more to the hate pile, but a lot of Metroid Prime tracks they've reached that level really? for me. Yeah, the Fendrana drifts and and the the Sunken Frigate tracks. I mm. I have those on when I write, and it's those tracks like the one because because then you have them on for like four hours straight at a time. And I could wear them out. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have worn out some absolutely fantastic video game music by just just making it my writing on Bunny Hop videos music. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's the, sad. the one like the one video game song that I don't think I could ever hear again in my life or like I will punch a wall <laughs> is the Deku Castle theme from Majora's Mask. Like, that's that's a that one's that one's pretty gets pretty annoying pretty fast. I'll agree with that. I love that song, but like, yeah, it's so like it's blaring. It like gets inside your ear and like hurts a little bit. You know, you know, it's like the whole like Super Paper Mario soundtrack. It's just that that like volume that pitch. Mm. I like that soundtrack, but I'm, yeah, I'm there glad, are songs like that. I'm glad that you mentioned Mario because I know what the next video game musical track that I love and listen to often that I'm going to no longer enjoy, and it's um the Bowser World theme from Super Mario 3D World. Really? Yeah. Oh, da, 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 da. that song is so tight. It is though. so tight, but I know that over the course of the next few weeks, because I just heard it for the first time a couple nights ago when I was playing the game and finally got that far, but I know I am going to listen to it so much <laughs> that I am not uh-huh. going to be able to listen to it anymore in like three weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I, I suppose I understand that. It was just like. I never played through 3D World, but um, when Gerard was making that review for it, I got to hear that song a few times. And I was like, "Oh man, it's such a good song." Because that's yeah. the same guy. 
That's the same guy who's writing the music for the modern Zeldas now, it, and he's the really? same guy who did uh, he did the uh, Ballad of the Goddess for Skyward Sword. He did the Link Between Worlds soundtrack. He is so so good at what he does. His music is very modernized Nintendo, and I like I am, that. I am surprised it's actually not Koji Kondo. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Koji Kondo has a hand in it, but he's like. I forget this guy's name. He's like kind of Let's taking see. over on at least Mario and Zelda. There are four. Yeah, Koji Kondo is the last name on the contributors list on Wikipedia. There's Mahito Yokata, Toru Minigishi, and Yasuaki Iwata. Iwata? Oh god, are they keeping it in the family? <laughs> what what kind of what 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 kind of advantages did that guy have? I don't know. Maybe they're not related. Anyways, um. Oh, you know, I, I might be thinking of a, of a different person. Um, was Akito Nakatsuka on there? Uh, no. Okay, well, maybe I was wrong then for Link Between Worlds. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy did Skyward Sword and... Skyward and... Sword, I have not even played that game, but I have already listened to the to the uh, Overworld soundtrack enough to get tired of it, and I, I loved that. Yeah. I love that track. Oh, George, mm -hmm. I just thought of another one, and mm -hmm. I was wondering if you'd agree with me on this. What's that? But... The Firelink Shrine theme, like it gives oh, me a headache. Oh, from Dark now. Souls. Because you go back there so much. You do, you do. But but it's fine because I've never listened to it while writing a script. So oh, I still good. I still have it in me. I still have some Firelink tolerance. <laughs> Matt, you haven't you haven't said a lot about about uh, this topic. I, I haven't I haven't got a chance to get it worded. I haven't got any. I haven't gotten tired. I don't I don't listen to anything while writing scripts, which is you don't weird. Mm, no. That's strange. You're very strange, so Matt. What a strange person wired. we have on this podcast with us. <laughs> I just write. sorry. I was just kidding. Yeah, I, I just write. Um, but I haven't gotten tired. Like I was trying to think, like you know, the Kingdom Hearts songs and um, the Mirror's Edge songs that I like, uh, and some of the stuff. Like I don't. Ooh, Mirror's Edge is a good one. I get tired of them. Um, the hmm. theme for Mirror's Edge is what I like the most. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. just, just, mm, just. Mm. I, it's weird. I, I mentioned like a couple of worded songs from video games, but yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten tired of uh, any of the older tracks either. Um, I like to listen to a bunch of remixes on those remakes, but uh, yeah, um, no, I guess I don't listen to them enough. I always go from one thing to the other, over and over again, so I never get tired of it. So I think well, that's, I guess, that's probably the reason why. I guess Matt's the only one of us who does it right because uh, for the rest of us, like <laughs> the video game music we love inevitably becomes the video game music we hate. Like yeah. if you incorporate it with like your job or just like some hobby or just like something you do repetitively for hours upon hours upon hours, like it will happen. So don't don't do that. Don't listen to music while you write. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been I've been ruining like video game tracks since I was a kid. I think the <laughs> first thing I ever totally ruined, video game related, was the uh, the Resident Evil theme song by Marilyn Manson from the movies. <laughs> oh god! I dug that theme, and I used to play it over and over and over, even when I wrote like anything. I can so I like I can so easily <laughs> imagine like a thirteen year old Jordan underneath being like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, I love Marilyn Manson." <laughs> <laughs> Why did you give me an Indian? I know that, that was the worst Jordan impression I've ever heard. Uh, Indian Jordan. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways, what a, wh whatever. Why did it have an accent? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was just like puckering my lips and saying, "I love Marilyn Manson and my name's Jordan." 
Hello, everyone. <laughs> no, I, I liked the movie, and, like, I used to, when I was, like, I don't know how young I was, I used to play the opening credits over and over just to hear it, uh, with the guys, like, at the beginning of the 21st century, the Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> George, you sound like That's an so Indian great. leprechaun. That's kind of a terrible movie. But. I, I, I do, I sound fine. Uh, Indian leprechaun, dude. That's... Mm. That's you that's a weird Indian. thing to be, an Indian leprechaun. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's not even the right. <laughs> we are we are starting to run our time thin here today, though. Yep, very thin. It was a good one, though. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good news happened, and a lot of a lot of silly commentary about it by people who know nothing about it happened, which is you always could say fun. there was a lot of Molly news. Molly news. Yes. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> you're just. Can I name the podcast? That? You're just, yes. yes. Please All right, cool. do it. Um, but anyways, I guess uh, we must we must uh, say our say our sad goodbyes now at this point. Um, yep. Is there anything you guys want to plug? I know Jordan underneath just came out with it, the first new video in five months, and I think it's great. A lot of yeah, go watch that. I need I'm to go glad watch you that. Liked it, a, a lot of a lot of uh, talk about some really cool looking indie horror games that I knew nothing about beforehand that I definitely want to check out. Um, oh yeah, and Matt's latest video tickled me pink. <laughs> Oh, you need to see you it, the short I didn't that I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And and you're like the only guy who can get away with live action skits. Oh, between and like, that irritates you? Oh, that's I, a compliment. I, I, it's 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 a weird. I don't know. I don't he know. hates skits, guys. He hates no, skits. It, I I just don't <laughs> think many many people can do it truly well. And Matt is mm. just one of the few. Oh, a compliment. Oh, oh it warms uh, my heart. Uh, I know, I know. It's like hot chocolate. Anyways, I guess uh, be sure to check us out on all our respective channels, because uh, I really like what stuff we've come out with this week. And um, mm-hmm. also be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes yep. and share us with your friends, because uh, we like we like friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, I do. Yeah, yeah. Be sure to listen again next week when we are back. But until then, I hate to say it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.